If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Life at its Best podcast, hosted by Bernard Beal. Good morning. This is Bernard Beal, and I'm your host of our podcast series, Life at its best. And I have to say, it really doesn't get any better than this. Over the last several series, we have been working with our uh, our team and having just an amazing time interviewing uh, incredible people that have lived long lives, very successful, dignified people. And these are people that we believe live in what we think is a special long living zone uh, at Oakwood University slash Huntsville, Alabama. And they are African-Americans. They're very, very special people. Now I have to tell you that the number of people that we are interviewing is a vast number. We're talking in the, in the tens and in 50s and over, these people have lived between 90 and 100 years old, some of them even over 100 years old, and they've had a great life. And so we have called this series Black and Blue. Blue for the blue zone, black for the African-Americans. And our special guest today is, and I'm having a one-on-one conversation with Estelle Green, who I, as a, as a full disclosure, Mrs. Green, her family, her husband, Dr. Green, and her children, we were, we were so close when I was uh, young and coming up. They're like family to me. So this is like a reunion for us. And Mrs. Green is accompanied by her beautiful daughter, uh, Crystal, and also her son, uh, Dr. Fred Green, and the two of them are part of her support team today as we have our uh, fun discussion with Mrs. Green. Mrs. Green, uh, thank you for joining us today. You look wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Now, Mrs. Green, you are how many years young? 95, 96. 95 years. 96 in June. 96 in June. 96 in June. That's amazing. Now, listen, let me give just our viewers and also our listeners a little thumbnail of who you are and why we have chosen you uh, to be on our, our podcast today. Mrs. Green is, and we are going to highlight uh, Mrs. Green as dedicated soul winner, par excellence teacher, graduated from Oakwood College in 1949 
as and became a trailblazer and distinguished herself as the first female graduate of Oakwood College with a theology degree. And it's, it's just amazing. I love to highlight these first. And you had a passion for helping people to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, both as an instructor, as well as as a teacher. And what you did, uh, what you did over the many years is a part of your education. You went to Andrews University Theological Seminary and you became also a teacher at Caribbean University in Mandeville, Jamaica. You became the first professor of religion who was a female. And that is amazing during your time at uh, Mandeville uh, University, at the university there in the Caribbean University. And also her distinguished uh, accomplishments is very, very long. And every one of them, we want to honor you for it. She became the first black uh, reading specialist and consultant in the Benton Harbor, Michigan school system over 30 years of working as an educator, Mrs. Green gained the distinction of having a child, having never having a child. You got to get this, never having a child in her class whom, who ended up not being able to read. Now, I have to tell you, Mrs. Green, I was one of those kids in your class. And I had to have been one of the most difficult students because I was not a big reader. <laughs> but you did a great job there. And also, you are a healthy lifestyle person. That's the only way perhaps maybe you've made it this many years and you're in such great shape. So what, what distinguished you is that you were a Bible <laughs> expert and you did Bible studies, you did literature evangelism, you also worked with people to share your knowledge of healthful living. Mrs. Green, did I get that right? Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you, there's so many things inside that uh, story that I would like for you to share, but let's go back Uh, to your early years. You came to Oakwood College in 1949. My family came there uh, roughly in 1946. So you've known our family for many years. Now, what brought you to Oakwood College? How did you get there? Well, I was in Chicago where I graduated from high school and our family moved to Michigan in the country. And they didn't want me to go way to school. So they first sent me down there in the 11th grade. And then I went back to Charlotte and graduated. And then they felt I figured the best for me to go there than to be away from home, being in a different environment. So I went back. And that's when I uh, started my education, college education. I started out. I was taking biology and and math, and because I liked geometry so much. And then after a while, I was spending more of my time after church, going home, eating fast, 
and we'd go out and give food, get food baskets to people in the neighborhood. Whatever we could do in the neighborhood at Oakwood. And sometimes we would take the the, the the children of the teachers and walk for them to give their parents just to rest a while. We did that with different people. My. And was it, when you were going to Oakwood, was it hard being the only lady in that uh, that area of study of theology? It was hard at first being in the classroom until I met somebody that he went a step overboard and I prayed and asked the Lord to tell me what to do. And I put him in his place and we never had any more problems with any of the boys. But at first they, they tried me out. You're not gonna share with us any names, are you? I can share I share you with the incidents, but not names. In this, in this particular class, he would like to tell stories and all the stories end up with something about ladies. And I sit there one day and I told him, I says, now, I didn't, my mother didn't pay money for me to come down for you to talk about ladies with a lady or anything else. I won't spend another day in your class if that's what you're going to do. So they laughed. They thought it was going to be funny. So the very next day, they came in with another subject. I sit there for 10 minutes. I put my books in my bag, let them know so we can go and start the walking. And then he said, I was just playing with you. I kept walking. He said, I'm telling you, I was playing with you. If you leave, you can't come back. I kept walking. And when they find out about it, and the young man went to, there were, I could call their ministers very- Don't call me, don't call me. No, no, I'm not gonna call any names. But anyway. <laughs> I want you to call some names. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, uh, the make a long story short, that they went after, the, he told me, you can't come back to my class. I'm sorry. And he went, the kids went to the register and says, if she can't come back, we we won't come back. Wow. And then he, and then they had a little meeting about it. And they decided that he decided that he was wrong. And he apologized. And he never, I never had any more trouble with any of the teachers. Wow. And even after I graduated, we were still friends. Mm. Glad to see him, one of them. Mm. Mm, that's a great. That's a great story. That's a great story. So, you you, when did you? What what was the driving force that brought you to Oakwood uh, College? I mean, you lived in Chicago for sure. You could have gone to many different other schools, but what was it about Oakwood that made the difference for you? Well, I joined the church, and then um, I went to. I told you I went when when the eleventh grade. Because yeah. my mother yeah. moved to Michigan, and there was no school there. Oakwood Academy. No, and we went with the Oakwood Academy. Yes. And so I went back there and graduated Shiloh. in Shiloh. Mm -hmm. I wanted to graduate for the school. I went to school all that time. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to Oakwood. And while I was there, when I went back to Shiloh, in our 12th grade, the teacher we principal we had, she would have us on Wednesday to go around and visit 
the people in the neighborhood that were old, that they go to go to the store to buy bread and things like that, or whatever they needed. And after we go, instead of going home on Wednesday, they had a dinner for us, and we would go farther out into other people and see what we could do to help those sick or whatever. And when I came to Oakwood, I wasn't in religion. I was in biology and math. math. So everybody says, well, how are you in biology and math? And you're still doing everything to the religion students. So I started praying about it. And after praying about it, the Lord led me that I should go into religion. Mm-hmm. And I said, theology. theology, I say religion, because we used to call it religion, theology. Right, right, exactly. Uh, well, theology. And and uh, when I went, when I went to the Lord, I prayed and asked him that if I change over, I'll have to go another whole school year. Right. And, and then so, after praying, and where am I going to get the money from? And and I says, well, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, you will take care of it. And that year, the leader of the of the denominator leader of the of the, the soul books, this leader, the conference, he asked the conference to hire me to work with ten students. Mm. And if they got a scholarship, they would pay mine free. And I could do also the scholarship on my own, you know, what I wanted to do. And it ended up, the students wouldn't even order enough books. So I always had to give them my books to finish out. (laughs) And from that reason, I got tired of not having anything to do. They said, well, you can cook dinner for us or something like that, anything. And so so we lived up up on the hill and we walked down the hill and that was a black uh, hospital uh, and also there were uh, grocery stores and all like that. Business stores. And when I told them about it, they started saying, I wish you'd get your job. I'm so tired of you people bargaining bargain all that. So, but I left. And the, and the people telling him, said, now, if she was drinking all that, you would be nice to her. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, he called me and he says, what, what are those books you're selling? And see, I was still in hope of the race because I couldn't sell the magazines because the kids had, I had to give them my magazine. Mm-hmm. So, and he looked at him. I was rushing to get back to the dormitory, back to the house. And hope of the race, he said, I'll take that one. And I said, and I was closing my books because I had got Mr. Robinson's suitcase. I didn't ask him. And there were five other books in there. He said, what about those? I said, I can't tell you. I don't have time to tell you what's in those, but I'll come back. He said, well, okay. When I went back, he bought all five of those and the one that he was going to hold for the race that he was going to buy. Mm. To make a long story short, I had asked the Lord to give me money for the scholarship. It ended up, I made a scholarship selling magazine a scholarship selling, we'll say the hope of the race for all, and a scholarship. Um, um, and uh, they gave me a scholarship for for working. That's that's that's. So great. then I got in line at, at campus, and Mrs. Edwards says, 
let me work with these three students because you know I got to get you involved and all that. So everybody had gone. I was the last student left. And, and I started crying. And she said, what's wrong? It just came to me that I told the Lord and if he got me to get a scholarship, enough money to come back to school, that I would go into theology. Hmm. And so she said, well, you just have to do it. And she prayed and she took me kind of like a daughter. Mm. And anything that was happening, she was right there with it. Wow. And I had arguments with the other Mosley because I didn't want to take any, I didn't want to take preaching at all. Right. I said, I'm not going to be no preacher. All I want to take is, is teaching reading. He says, as far as I'm concerned, you are going to teach 10 sermons, 20 Bible studies. The other man, then do 20, the vice versa. And I don't know if I'm going to tell you, but later on, we moved to Michigan after I got married. They have, I don't know, remember the Snyders? Mm-hmm. You remember the Snyders? Yes. Well, they was out there. He was there going to school the same time my husband was going to school there. And we would go out in the neighborhood, and he wanted, wanted to learn how to get Bible studies. So I told him, I said, we can teach you how to get Bible studies. Then he says, I want to learn how to preach. So we, with, with another couple of people with him, we gave Bible studies and we had an effort and five people baptized. Isn't and then funny? that week, that next one, when he said, now we got to preach, we got the, the um, students, we don't have a pastor. And the lady from, from Chicago, she was, she went out, not Chicago, I'm sorry, she was there. She went to New York and she learned how to, gave, she was white, she gave up her church because she didn't keep the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. She came back and she wanted to sell us her church. The conference said they couldn't give us anything. We only had seven members mm. and anything divides church. So I says, we used to go out and raise money. <laughs> And I said, I will go out and we'll have, we'll have a concert. You remember Margie Benson? Yes. Well, she came down and sung a whole concert for us so that we could buy that church mm. that we were meeting at. Mm. And I started, I got all my papers ready to ask the people in the community to give, take an ad and all that in the scholarship. And Snyder's father, his father, when you know the son, mm-hmm. He broke his knee, a leg or something, and he was on crutches. He said, if you don't mind me being on crutches, I'll go along with you. I said, I don't mind. And this was a funny occasion, this white woman and this man on crutches asking people to take ads in all of their books. <laughs> but we, we, in, in our book that we were going to get. That's, 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 and that's a good all, story. That's a good all, story. Now, let me, let me ask you. Church. Yeah, let me, let me ask. So you were, you were a pioneer in that church. You were one of the uh, the the people that helped to bring bring that church to is it that what was the name of that church? The Wajet. Wow, amazing, amazing. So you're trailblazing. You're first. You're first in so many respects. Uh, uh, excellent in in literature evangelism. Tell us a little bit about uh, your time at uh, at the Mandeville, uh, uh, the Caribbean. University in Mandeville, Jamaica. Well, I went over there 
Well, I want to tell you, I had to pray for the Lord to help me to go there too, but I'm not going to go there. By tomorrow. the way, by the way, did you get married? You got married. When did you get married? Let's let's hit that before. I you got married when I was with Elder Ward. When you were with Elder Ward. What year did you get married? Yeah. And, yeah what year was that? 1951. 1951, right. Now, with Pastor Ward. So you were working as a Bible instructor and you where you met your husband and then you all, or were you in school together? How did you all meet? He joined the church. Um, I can't think of the man's name. He joined the church in, 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 uh, in Charlotte, in Fayetteville, not Fayetteville. Okay. North Carolina. And he moved down to Charlotte because he had an office. They they sold um, insurance. Mm-hmm. And his office was downtown. And he started going to the to the um, meeting. And I can't think of the man that is in that area. But he had given them some books, and he had joined the church before he came there. And then when when he was baptized, Pastor Ward. Had it was a doctor there, joined the church, and he joined the church, and the church school teacher and the four of us, and he put us over all the young people, mm-hmm. and we had to do all the planning for them, cooking, uh, uh, what they're gonna do Saturday night, where the whole thing. They were just like our children, and the doctor left, the church school teacher left. So it just left the two of us. And Pastor Ward says, I am, put you all together. But anyway, we, we learn a lot about each other and we appreciate each other. Wow, so you actually, wow, that, that's a good story. I mean, I never never knew that you were so uh, close to uh, Elder Ward when you were working with him and, and how he uh, even helped to influence your, your marriage. And you were married for 61 years. Did I get that right? Right. 60 wow. 60. That's, that's amazing. Now, uh, let's move on. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after we hear a word from our sponsor. The B3 Analytics team believes that having the right strategy is vital to your web marketing efforts. Do you have an integrated approach? Is your website connected to your social media presence with automated messaging and marketing outreach? It's all about the numbers. We help our clients get clients and that's why they come to us. Our over 25 years of combined experience speaks for itself. That's what we do. Don't wait, do it now. You'll be glad you did. little bit uh, because our time is just moving on and we don't want to we don't want to miss some very very important things and that is that um, you you were over in Mandeville uh, and in Jamaica and Caribbean University so how did you get there and you became the first woman uh, to teach in the theology religion department Uh, how did that happen my husband was the one called 
Go right on. Go right on. Yes, go right ahead. Well, my husband was called as a missionary to Westinus College. Mm-hmm. And they didn't offer me, give me a job, so to speak. They just, as a missionary, they don't usually offer women anything. But I was going to go supposed to teach sixth grade. No, I'm sorry. 60 students in first grade and second grade. And I tell them I couldn't do that. I did left Michigan and I was a reading consultant and I was trying to break up anybody putting a new teacher, first grade teacher, over children and they need for somebody that they've seen walk around and, you know, not somebody new to them. So I didn't accept it. So then I couldn't. So they, we went, he went to, to get my visa. Well, they forgot to give me a visa. I'm not going to go into that a long story. But anyway, so the job was taken, and they would just find something for me to do. And the man that was in religion, he left. He quit and left. They had a, he had a, his theory on something, and, and religion was different from ours, so he left. Mm. And they asked me to teach. And I don't know how they really realized that I was in, educa- in religion. So they hired me to teach. Wow! Uh, religion. Oh, the kids, the kids didn't like. And did you enjoy? Did you enjoy your time there? Well, we had to quit the design. They had. I had a 150 students in the beginning class, and I, I told them that I wouldn't teach that many. So we divided it up in three classes. It was okay, and I, and I taught. Uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, I, anyway, I taught, I taught Bible, and I taught also the beginning Bible, and also I taught the um, the student teachers that would be teaching. Right. You know, like I was a teacher. How, how, many, years, how many years? How many years did you spend there? We spent three and a half years. Very good. Very good. Now. You were 30 years in education. You, 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 you must have taught so many kids, and I bet you anything, uh, you probably even see kids that are grown up today and have their own kids, and you see them along the way. What a blessing, and we just want to thank you for uh, this great service that you have given to us. I want to spend our remaining moments talking about your lifestyle perspective. You uh, you have successfully brought into this world four beautiful children. Did I get that right? Anthony, Alfonso, Crystal, and Fred. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> and, um, and you raised them uh, on your health principles. I know that because I know them as a, as personally, and they were also uh, as you said, Crystal has collected uh, many of your, probably your special cooking classes and things that you taught, and she knows how to do that cooking as well. So you you decided at some point in time in your life that you were going to focus on your health. Is that true? Or did it just happen? How did it, how did it happen? Well, that even happened very early in my life. When we went to church school, we was living in Chicago, 
when I started church school, see, at that time, we would have people from all over, you know, leaders, and they would come to all the church schools, and they would tell them the benefit of, of health meat, not eating any meat, vegetarian. And I just said to my mother, I told them about it, and I said, I want to be a vegetarian. And so they asked me to take oak, and I told them what I wanted to make some of the meat from all the meats that they had, you know, chicken, fish, anything that could be eaten. And she did it. And I sit at the table that day, Thanksgiving Day, after they had prayer, and just like a voice saying to you, you said, if you want to be a vegetarian, stop while everything is in front of you. So How never- old were you? How old were you when you made that decision? I was 12 years old. 12 years old. So you have been practicing this health stuff for 80-something years. <laughs> Is that right? Right. Wow. That is amazing. Now, I was going through uh, your little questionnaire that you gave us. Your, your, and your parents even lived to be a, a nice, healthy age. Your mother lived to be 89, and your father was 81. And back there, that was pretty good. People are living long, uh, long today, but those are still good ages. If I can live to be in my 80s, I'm going to be very, very happy about that. But you you basically have little or no medication, not really. And you you take a few supplements, which is, which is great. Um, uh, but in your life, you put a perspective on food in which you at that time were a vegetarian, but now I see that you've even gone farther. You are a vegan. Is that right? Yes. Why is it that you chose to become a vegan and how long have you been practicing a vegan? Well, not too long, I guess. About five years. About five years. About five years. Why did you make that decision? And by the way, for our listeners, vegans are people who don't eat anything but plant-based foods. Why did you make the train? So you were a vegetarian, which get, which I assume was lacto-oval, which means you, you ate eggs and cheese, but no no animal uh, food products other than that, no meat of that, that order. But why did you choose to... At, at some point in time become a vegan versus a vegetarian? After studying and everybody was saying that it was healthier for you and meat was getting worse and worse. Not meat, vegetarian. Well, 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 not meat, but cheese. cheese and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I decided that I would not. Yes. Yes. That's that. That's good. And you see, I'm with you on that. And we we did it too. Uh, a few years earlier, back when I was in my my 30s, uh, we did it, and it has served me very well. And we're very very thankful for the knowledge that the church gave us. And that's the beauty of the Adventist Church. And you know, we like to kind of plug the Seventh Day Adventist Church every once in a while because they've been advanced on this subject. Years ago, it used to be vegetarian, which was lacto oval. But as as you mentioned, as meat continued to get worse and worse and worse, they, what they're doing to these animals is is tragic, and it just made it much more um, dangerous, as as we would say, for eating these other uh, products like eggs and cheese and milk. So we gave it up as well. But there are other things about your lifestyle that I'm I, I took notice. You you were you were a walker in your in your your 
your younger years, you used to like to walk, you did good exercise. That was a component of your health. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. And then, and then what about other little things like this? What about drinking water and, and eating nuts? Are those things that you also considered very important? Well, I, I would usually drink three to four glasses in the morning. And then throughout the day, I would try to put in the rest. And I walked because I started walking when I first became a Christian because I sold magazines and sold books. So my walking was something that was practiced there. Wow. Wow. That's great. Well, we're going to we're going to start wrapping up our conversation. It's been amazing. And there's so many things that we wish that we could uh, talk about, but we just have only so much time. But what I want to I want to kind of hone in on is this one thing. And that is we asked you to rate the things that were important to you that you think had contributed to your long life. And you put, and I'll just name the first uh, three uh, or four. Number one, you said your faith in God. That contributed to your long life. Number two, you said Sabbath rest. That means every week you take one day of the week to devote it to God and not be working and doing all of the other things. Number three, the healthy diet, and number four, your water. Now, it's very interesting that you selected those things because each one of those we have found in uh, through study and looking at the studies that it each one of those has contributed to your long life as it has for many, many other people. Would you like to say anything about any one of those things, your faith in God and any of these other elements that help to make you what you are at 95 plus almost 96? I would like to say my relationship with people when I was working to help them to understand what God would have them to do. And he wanted us to get up. Next, that the first thing that we did in the morning is to dedicate our lives to him. And the next thing is to ask for the Holy Spirit because all of our righteousness is filthy through rags. But if we have, if we study the word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, we will draw closer and closer to Christ. Mm. That is such, that is so beautiful. Do you have a favorite Bible text? Several. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to give us one? (laughs) Okay. Tell me, guys, I'm the first person that I did. I have a, a. I used to practice to every letter in the alphabet. I can tell you two or three verses. Mm. I don't know which would be my favorite, but I will tell you the one I would usually start with. And God said there, let there be light and there was light. Mm. And B, blessed are the pure in heart, but they should see that guy. And I can go on down to the end. And give, the us only a C. One, give us a C. Throw us a C in here. C? Yes. Children, obey your parents in the name of the Lord, for that is good. Or create within you a clean heart. 
That is so great. That's fantastic. You know, Ms. only one we don't have one um, is Z, and, and this is we just found that out lately. All the rest we have, and that I tried is, to. That is great. That is great. The ones in the alphabet. Yes, that is great. Okay, so uh, now we're going to we're going to uh, swing over to uh, finish up. And we want to go to the picture roll. And at this time, Fred, you have agreed to narrate us through the picture roll and just go through this wonderful, dedicated life of your mother. Go ahead, Fred, and I will move the slides along. Thank you so much. Uh, and, and Fred, Fred, by the way, you know what? If you want to say anything special for your family about your love for your mother or anything else, representing the family, feel free to do that. Well, you know, I, she, she's the matriarch of, of a family, of course, that we'll, we'll talk about her four children. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, we, we, we prize mom. Mom has, uh, you know, one of the things that she did is she always cooked good, healthy meals. Uh, her and my father always had a fresh garden. So we've always eaten fresh vegetables. Uh, having grown up in Michigan, uh, there in Berrien County was one of the uh, fruit baskets of the world. I mean, you know, there's like 12 or 10 or 12 different fruit. Uh, they grow there in Michigan. So uh, mom and dad, uh, we would go pick from strawberries to blueberries to apples to pears, uh, you name it. We picked it and canned it and froze it. And so we've been eating healthy our whole life. Uh, and that's been my mother is the one that to this day, uh, you know, mom uh, eats four different uh, servings of nuts every morning. And uh, she lets me know when she sees me in the kitchen uh, past dinner time, you know, why, why are you snacking this late? And so she even now she'll uh, you know she'll let you know that hey your health and what you put in your body is really what keeps you healthy and keeps you spiritually sound also that's amazing that is amazing you know the, all of those little things and that's what we try to teach people we try to teach people you know some people think well we focus on this uh, meat eating and vegetarian diet and all that kind of stuff but we've discovered that even adding simple things like salad to your diet even if you're immediate if you add salad you add fruit to your diet it extends your your life so it's a building block and your mother has done uh, amazingly and taught you all some amazing things as well. It's been right. Um, now, the, the pictures that were just prior were, uh, those were two recent pictures. Uh, Mom, uh, both of those are pictures of her uh, either coming or going from church. And as you can see, Mom typically wears a hat to church. And so those were both from 2019. Uh, of course, <laughs> once the pandemic came uh, in 2020, we haven't been back to church. We're doing that virtually. But those are pictures of, of her in 2019. 2019, uh, as I said, usually right after church. It's amazing. And, and and by the way, Mrs. Green, you were a good friend of my mother's. God love you. Yes. Go right ahead, Fred. Okay. Now, both of these pictures are back in her college days. Uh, as you know, she said she graduated from Oakwood uh, College at that time, Oakwood University in 1949. And now remember, she went to Oakwood Academy uh, in 11th grade and then went back to Shiloh and graduated from Shiloh Academy. So when she went back to Oakwood uh, as a freshman in 45 or 46, right in there, uh, she, she got there about the same time your parents did, right back in there. That is exactly right. right. And then graduated in 49. But those are... 
Uh, both pictures, I, I believe the one on the right there is actually 1949, the year she graduated, and the one on the left is uh, one of those years. And, and uh, it's, it's, they didn't have time stamp on pictures back then, so uh, you know, it might be a year or so off, but that's, those are the college years. And that's their wedding picture. That would have been October 14, 1951. Uh, and my father, of course, who they were married for 61 years before he passed away. Not quite 61 years, 60 plus years, almost 61 years uh, before he passed in 2012. He's uh, and he was 85 years old when he passed away. Uh, and uh, that's that's their wedding, one of their wedding pictures. And that's the family at the time. Uh, that's the Thanksgiving. My father died in May of 2012. That's Thanksgiving of 2011. Now, in that picture, there's uh, there, well, there's Anthony with his two of his three children. Anthony had one child who uh, died at a young age, uh, but two of his three children. Um, Alfonso is in the picture, but his his children, his wife is there, but his son was daughters there who. Recently was deceased, Donna. Uh, but she, uh, but his his son is not in that picture. That'll come up in a minute. I'm there with my four daughters. Crystal is there with her husband Leon, and they now have two children. And so we'll show you that later. But this is at that time, with the exception of Afonso the third, uh, Doctor Afonso Green the third, who's and his family's not there. We'll show you that in an upcoming picture here. Man, that's amazing. By okay. the way, how many grands does does Mrs. Green have and great-grands. Well, 11 grandchildren, uh, nine of them are actually alive, 11 grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. As a matter of fact, this picture right here on the right, uh, which uh, that's Dr. Afonso Green III. Now, you know, he's the associate pastor out at uh, First Church here in Huntsville and uh, the campus pastor of the bridge, and that's his wife, and then their five children. Uh, and they they were away at, I guess, her family's house at Thanksgiving, so they weren't in that picture. And then on the left, uh, Crystal and Leon were in that picture, but these are their two children. They uh, have two children who now are 14 years old and uh, one's 11 years old. Uh, and so they, uh, you know, that, that that's what made up the 11th, the 10th and the 11th grandchild are the two children that Crystal and Leon have. And then those are the five great-grandchildren there who are fathers of the thirds. Uh, children. Amazing. Now, this is an interesting photo because, of course, you already did a, a podcast with uh, Mrs. Anel Wright. And this picture here, she's um, probably, uh, that's 2019, um, right before the pandemic. It might even be uh, early 20, no, it's 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, mom, and, and one in the middle is uh, Sister Smith. Now, of course, in that picture, uh, Mom is 93, Sister Smith is 91, and Sister Wright is 100. Um, there, there was a, a group of, of ladies, um, and this is just a, a snapshot on the campus of Old Woodward. They're there at Blake Hall, right in front of the cafeteria. You can see the music building behind her there, uh, behind them. They're having lunch. Every Tuesday, a group of the ladies, they would go to their prayer band, uh, and there's a senior prayer band on Tuesdays, and then they would go to the cafeteria and have lunch. And this is just one of many pictures with people in their 90s, some of them in their 80s, et cetera, having lunch with mom. And this just happens to be one where uh, Sister Wright and Sister Smith and mom were uh, you know, having lunch there at Oakwood. 
Uh, they, they, you know, the, the kids complain about the food, but I can tell you as myself, as someone who's a long time away from being in college, and of course, these wonderful ladies, hey, this wonderful food in the cafeteria, you just go get in a line and you get food and you don't have to cook it. There's nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. And, and that's just such a great story, you know, 80, 90s and 100, living life to its fullest. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, this plaque is interesting. This uh, in twenty back in twenty fifteen, um, this plaque was hung up in the Mosley Complex, which is of course part of the Oakwood University Church Complex. The Mosley Complex, where the religion department, theology department, is now housed. There's there are all these pictures of all the professors and and uh, alumna of distinction. And so mom is there because, as she mentioned. Uh, she's the first female theology bachelor's degree that Oakwood awarded was awarded to her. Uh, and so that's a picture of her. I guess that is 1949. That's the same picture. And then 2015, uh, at the time that they uh, hung this plaque there uh, on the wall in her honor, recognizing her as the first uh, female theology graduate. And this is a, a recent picture. Uh, this is, uh, once again, 2019. Uh, I think we have an earlier shot of that, but that's, uh, that's 2019. Uh, mom, uh, that, that picture actually happens to be in Dallas, Texas. Mom was visiting her niece, and that's actually standing outside the church in Dallas, Texas. Um, I believe it's City Temple. Yeah, it's outside of City Temple in Dallas, Texas. Well, this has been uh, an incredible journey. And I just want to thank you all so much for taking care of mom and preserving her for us and our children and all of the generations to come. And this is what this little podcast is about. We're about preserving good stories as well as good lives. And we just want to honor you and thank you so much for your service, your family and all of you together. Uh, and by the way, I have to say this, I, I would really be remiss without mentioning this. Every one of your children, Mrs. Green, are accomplished people. I mean, that's impressive. You have two sons who were lawyers, uh, Fred, who was on here is a, is a professor of law. Uh, we have Crystal, who is an educator, business person, and Alfonso, PhD in the in the religion department there at the school that you graduated from. I mean, when you look at the at the accomplishments that you passed on to your children, it's a legacy that is unmatched. And we see this quite frequently among our black and blue zoners that they have not only lived a good life, but also have passed it on to their family and to the posterity to come. You know, as we wrap up our, our uh, little visit today, we want to encourage our listeners to go to our podcast, like our podcast, and just share it with other people. 35 Days to Good Health. You can get it both on Apple. Uh, you can get it on Spotify. You can also uh, get it uh, through uh, the YouTube and um, we want you to join us as well as to stay with us as we continue to journey down this road. We thank you so much for the, the Green family. And we just want to, uh, to tell you thank you and God bless you 
This has been Life at Its Best Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with friends and family. For more information about our podcast, go to www.goodnews.com.